The Mining Your Business podcast is back yet again with another episode. How are you doing today, Jakub? I'm doing very nice, Patrick. Thank you. Our guest is no stranger to sharing his opinion and content online. We are lucky to have him on our show today. Yati Nguyen, VP at SAP Signavio, joins us on the podcast to talk all about the suite of process mining, process mining as a commodity, the importance of a hero in the transformation process, and what gardening has to do with business process management. You ready, Jakub? Hell yeah. Let's get to it. Today, we won't be serving you a cup of tea, but a full-blown fruitful discussion with uh, Ya Ti Nguyen about your favorite topic, process mining. Uh, Ti has a long and decorated history with Siemens, where he worked as a head of operational excellence, which, surprise, surprise, is focused on process mining, and who now serves as a vice president in SAP Signavio. I think Ti brings on the table way more than we can actually drink in one session. Uh, (laughs) Ti, welcome to our show. (laughs) Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Um, I hope you don't mind my reference to your LinkedIn hashtag uh, Tea with Tea, uh, and I thought it would be actually a funny intro. So <laughs> I hope Not no. no. <laughs> um, tea, anyway, uh, you essentially went from a raving customer of process mining tools, uh, often promoting and praising the technology while up, building up the fastest growing process mining implementation in Siemens back in the days, um, to a leading role where you kind of help shape the new generation of the tool in SAP Signavio. Uh, you've been basically writing your new chapter as a VP in SAP Signavio since December uh, 2021. And my question is, what is it about? Yes, uh, so let me uh, try to uh, break it down in, in a couple of uh, things. So it is absolutely true that I'm uh, really, really fascinated by uh, process mining. And uh, I'm really privileged that I was also able to start uh, very, very early. Uh, with this uh, topic in uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you actually have followed a little bit, uh, you also know that uh, process mining is uh, just uh, like a tool and a way to, to uh, achieve certain outcomes. And uh, also my professional background in Siemens were also very, very, let's say, diverse. You know, like I started mm-hmm. in IT uh, and then I became a CFO, then later head of operation excellence, and even later uh, I went into service business. So really, for me, the most fascinating thing, obviously, is actually working together with the people of diverse <laughs> backgrounds. So it is really more about the outcomes which we can achieve with different technologies. Obviously, not only process mining, but uh, lately, uh, of course, process mining is, uh, mm-hmm. as so many kids, as so many people say, like the new kid on the block, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, T, what is it that you actually are doing now as a vice president uh, in, in SAP Signavio? As this is something uh, we usually like to ask because, uh, you know, for us, we know what data science means. We are also, we have IT backgrounds. But when we see these positions, it's very difficult to actually picture anything for us. And I, I bet that there are also a lot of listeners who, when they see a vice president of Center of Excellence, uh, what does it actually mean and what are your daily tasks today? Yes, and it's a absolute, uh, absolutely a valid uh, question. Even a CFO of one industry might <laughs> have totally different topics to do with another one. Yeah. So, as mm. I mentioned, I used to be a CFO. I talked to my CFO friends. If you are a CFO in, in venture capital, it's totally different. If you are mm-hmm. a CFO in in discrete manufacturing, right? So, the center of excellence. What we do primarily here in SAP Signavio, we actually uh, uh, globally set up. So we really have one. 
uh, also in in um, in, uh, in the Americas. We have mm -hmm. one in uh, Europe and uh, one Asia Pacific. So I'm part of the Asia Pacific one. Uh, generally speaking, we support the go-to-market uh, activities. So really, whether it is uh, creating content and delivery and doing enablement for all the different go-to-market um, uh, functions, yeah, really from mm -hmm. pre-sales, sales, and services, consulting, all of these uh, go-to-market uh, activities. And then we also do the evangelism and the thought leadership related to uh, what we want to achieve in SAP Signalio. So um, talk me through a little bit about a little bit more about the details of this. Like if you you are in pre-sales and then also go to market and all these things, like what does your day to day look like? Is it a lot of talking to clients, customers, existing customers, new clients potentially? Like what does your day to day look like? Yes. And uh, obviously, I mean, but uh, it is uh, not only to my work, but everyone stays pretty much nowadays very diverse, I guess, <laughs> even for, let's say, field sales, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, uh, my primary function is not to have, let's say, per se, always the direct customer contact. So basically, I enable our internal uh, go-to-market organization. But it is mm -hmm. true that I do, let's say, quotes and quotes, do the song and dance uh, with uh, specific <laughs> strategic uh, customers when they do need uh, address the very relevant topics of, if I want to implement a tool, I know who to talk to, but how do I make sure that I realize the value and mm -hmm. do the change management? How could I actually also set up an internal center of excellence? Do I need to hire 20 more people? How can I go about these kind of change management topics on a generic right. way? And obviously there's uh, luckily or unfortunately not the cookbook recipe to it yet. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we also work obviously with our partners, which are also, let's say, the consulting companies, right? Mm -hmm. And then we basically provide Obviously, not only the technology, but we provide unique the methodology, the content, the ecosystem, and the technology together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking about the content, um, I noticed that you are producing a very interesting, uh, I would say, almost a show or sequence of videos on LinkedIn, which you, you know, it was already mentioned, this uh, hashtag T with T. Mm -hmm. um, what is this about? Uh, like you are talking about various topics there. Almost seems like you're going in this direction of a, uh, helping out your customers or generally everyone who's adopting this technology uh, in a broad scope on LinkedIn? Yes. So basically, really, uh, I've been uh, quite active on social media or on LinkedIn. I think also really when I started to drive the, the order management for tomorrow program, which was probably around 2015 to 16. And uh, basically what I really, if, if you follow me, I, I very seldomly share links mm -hmm. because I think that uh, it's 99% is actually always own content. And I'm not saying that all of this wisdom uh, came uh, purely from me, but I try to rephrase certain oddities, strangeness, mm -hmm. uh, what we see. Um, and that's why I try to talk about transformation. Why is it so hard? I also talked about resistance to change and I listened to the last episode. <laughs> uh, honestly, I have to actually disagree on many topics, but it doesn't mean that it, it would be wrong. Because again, mm -hmm. I, I did not buy or own the wisdom here. <laughs> and I think I think uh, I try to offer, let's say, a different kind of point of view. Mm -hmm. And if I can just pitch for a couple of seconds, like my first episode was actually uh, called Complexity. And mm -hmm. I hear especially other IT software vendors uh, and ourselves including, yeah, uh, we talk about complexity being, let's say, the silent killer of, of, of 
of performance and things like that. And I totally disagree because complexity is, is uh, something which is natural. You know, a human body is very complex. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a jungle is complex. I think we need to differentiate to waste. I don't like waste, but complexity, that's nature. Yeah? So that's why I try to offer a kind of differentiated, nuanced point of view on certain things. Mm. Maybe, maybe as in your next video on LinkedIn, you should uh, just pitch our episode and say 10 things that are wrong about what these guys are saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said I disagree. I didn't say it's wrong. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a absolutely valid and I really enjoy and also support that we do need to have, let's say, more own content, own voices mm -hmm. uh, in this space. Mm -hmm. Because there's one slide, if I can just uh, picture it to you. I always bring up and it says basically why do transformations fail? And one is, let's say, from McKinsey, one is from uh, Harvard Business Review. And I mm -hmm. ask the audience, because most of them actually have seen it. And I ask them, you know what, if you read it, what is the only difference? And the only difference is 24 years. So how can it be that change is the only constant in life and still the best paid researchers write the same BS solo. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this is really important to understand because apparently we are not having the right discussion. Yeah. And uh, it's the same like uh, on LinkedIn, you know, we have been clapping for the nurses for two years on our balcony to save them. I have been in healthcare. In two years, I've seen more dead people uh, than in all my life before. Yeah, I was in Vietnam. And do you think any nurse is earning more money now? None of them. So I really do believe that all of this spiel about transformation is mm -hmm. really a very shallow talk uh, in many cases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I think is always fascinating is when um, people get into creating their own content and sharing it online is kind of figuring, figuring out their motivation, right? Because I know why we wanted to start the podcast, right? We wanted to say, okay, this hasn't been done. Let's just go talk about it because we think it's interesting. What was your motivation going into mm -hmm. starting this TV team? Actually, um, I was already on, on, uh, on, on social media, as I mentioned, but I, it's true. I had a hiatus. I, I was out. And the reason was actually, and it's a little bit uh, ironic, exactly the reason why I was out brought me back in, which was the noise. <laughs> and I could not take that noise anymore, mm -hmm. where I said, you know what, even if no one listens to me, it's fine, but I cannot let that stupidness noise be there mm -hmm. because I have seen it differently. And my own personal motivation, generally speaking, well, why I share all of these things is very easy because I've been to hell and I'm lucky and privileged to have survived it. And I don't want anyone else to come after me to make these same uh, painful learning experiences. I wish that they have uh, uh, satisfying learning experiences and then overpass me in less amount of time. It took me 20 years to accumulate this kind of wisdom. If they mm -hmm. can do it in two months, and uh, are going to be my boss, man, I would be so proud and happy. <laughs> sounds sounds amazing. I mean, uh, the more learning we can get, the, the faster we all grow. So uh, I also want to just mention that <clears throat> I love the diversity of opinions. And uh, I mean, one of the reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you today is exactly that, that I know that sometimes we don't necessarily agree on things. And I think it's just uh, beautiful because it brings just uh, a whole new dimension to the conversation. Um, however, Now, getting back a little bit to those uh, process mining topics, mm -hmm. as we still have to satisfy our customers, uh, our, our not customers, <laughs> customers. listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, our dear listeners. Um, so just going a couple of years back, like what was your first exposure to this uh, process mining problematics? Mm. 
Um, the thing is, like for me, it was really absolutely eye-opening. Yeah? Like I couldn't even imagine that I could answer questions I didn't even dare to ask. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So in Siemens, we were looking at over 400 million different events, and each event had like 200 different columns. So mm-hmm. literally oh, speaking, I would know each and every price change on a level of a material on what day by what organization. Yeah. And that was really mind-boggling. And I could even know what was the value before and after. Yeah, And then, of course, it really fuels the whole uh, use cases around uh, the deep learning and machine learning uh, and all of these other beautiful things. But very quickly, uh, and again, you know, like it's all very well documented. Yeah? So I'm actually just repeating memory lane <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but very quickly, I understood that this is a farce because uh, everyone wants to have transparency. But actually, it's not really true. What they want is a fast transparency for which they don't have to pay for and also know what to do next. So yeah. when I say I want transparency, it's actually three things I want. Uh, and, and, and the thing is that I had a, what I always used to say, there was a transparency beyond imagination and I had it exactly wrong. It was imagination goes beyond any transparency. And I think really it, it, it sounds ironic, but uh, hear me out. We are losing our humanity and we become more like robots. That's why I'm not afraid of robots taking away my work. It will not happen. <laughs> but for me to rediscover my humanity, which means compassion, which means empathy, I do need technology. And that's why I was also doing a lot of keynotes where I really said that technology is exactly like art, like music, like a sculpture, a form of human expression. And that's why we should not actually utilize the terms like human versus technology, we should talk about humans versus humans who created bad technology. And that is a really, for me, it's a very, very different way. And therefore, don't talk about unreliable data or trustworthy AI. What did they do to you to be put into the corner? <laughs> who, created the, who created the data? Who fed the data? Who did the algorithm, right? And I think this is really the discussion we should have. So I'm not talking so much anymore about the why and the what. I'm actually more assuming that some why will be found for whatever case it is. And the question is really how. How in terms of quick and inclusive. How can we do that? That is basically what. And if the technology process mining has a certain capability to do so, then all for it. If it's going to be IRPA, XIH, whatever RPA they call it nowadays, I don't care, then we can do it. What is, in your opinion, uh, the specific edge that process mining as a whole, as a discipline, brings on the table in um, solving these things and in bringing what you were uh, actually just saying? Yeah, it's actually not really creating something new, but it's basically rediscovering what the organizations always had. So it is a democratization of the knowledge which was there, but it was very hard to communicate. Mm-hmm. So using process mining, whether it is a visualization or that it's a data-driven, uh, it basically shows what people, quotes-unquote, in many cases knew already and have been talking about, but nobody wanted to listen because they didn't have the new sexy dashboards. But now they become basically the, the creator uh, of a content uh, themselves. You know, there's a certain democratization. And then it also spurs the creativity to ask better questions. I'm a person, I never care about the answers because I believe if you ask the better questions, you will come to the right answers together anyway. Yeah, and that is really where process mining was helping quite a lot. 
on a technical functional level, it's also mm -hmm. a very simplistic technology, right? You know, if mm -hmm. you think about like an entity relationship diagram with a very fixed yeah. uh, primary key, yeah? let's <laughs> simplify it like that. Um, and it's, but it's beautiful. Why is it beautiful? Because simple is a very hard thing to do. And making it then accessible to all levels of organization is something which not every, let's say, uh, not every technology has. Yeah? So everyone can say the word AI. And if I ask what's the difference between AI, ML, and DL, nah, then already the discussion is a little bit different. And then I ask what is the difference of a gradient boost in terms of an algorithm and an AI context, then the population goes even smaller. And if I talk about convolution and neural networks, it gets even smaller, right? And that's why process mining is much more accessible, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. There are still some hurdles, I think, in how people interact with process mining because, you know, they see, okay, we have 4 million cases, here's a graph. Mm. Okay, cool. Now what do I do? There's that, there's that initial just hurdle to get over. Okay, what am I looking at? What am I on at its core, at the reality, looking at what this tool is telling me, right? Um, do you have any tips or in your experience, what has been like the go-to thing that you tell people to look out for, for them to get a better grasp of this new process mining thing that they're looking mm. at? Um, let, let me try two, maybe three angles. One topic is a little bit, let's say, functional and technical, where people always ask, like, what's the difference to BI? Yeah, uh, I think it's it's a valid topic when you talk about let's say architecture and you talk about let's say certain use cases where some is better than the other. Yeah, uh, arguably, but I don't think that this kind of discussion or the answer therefore <laughs> will lead any possible uh, valuable outcome. Yeah, mm -hmm. based on that, it's it's more a philosophical question, so to speak. Yeah? Um, the the topic of how to grasp the case event logs, attributes, and whatever language they're, they're called. I think what is much more important is to talk in pictures people do understand. So for example, if you think about that process mining in the view, I always talk about that's your train stations. And if I want to go from Norway to Italy, I don't need to see every small village. But if I want to see every village, I can zoom in and that's all the different train stations I have. By the way, there are also different kinds of trains. So the arrows are different trains. There is the fast train, the night train. There's a train which only comes two times a day, you know. And of course, some trains you go back and you can go forward and you need to change the train and things like that. Yeah? So that's one metaphor I, I, I con consistently use. The second topic, which I believe is also very hard for some people to grasp is, and I think the Americans would say, you can always pull a rope, but you cannot push a rope. So it is actually very easy. If I explain to someone, I have a thousand quotations and not every quotation will become a sales order and not every sales order has been invoiced yet. And suddenly, if I want to see the invoices, where are all my quotations? I says, no, 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 it does not work that way. Well, who mm -hmm. is your master of the universe? And that are very logical questions, it has nothing to do with technology or process mining. Mm -hmm. So it is something where I believe uh, when, when people talk about, let's call it a simplified, a 2D uh, table, and then you join them, some people have not that, let's say, literacy or uh, um, experience on how to ask that kind of data question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
come uh, and with this knowledge of how to ask the right uh, questions, obviously comes this transparency that you spoke of earlier. The transparency also can be, as you said, a little bit of a negative because you see everything, but it doesn't provide you solutions or the answers to the questions, right? You, you can just ask, it kind of says something, it just says displays data, but it doesn't really tell you what to do or how, how to then take it and then produce something that will reduce cost or whatever it is, right? Um, is there some tool in your opinion or do the tools generally lack the the next step you know how to go from okay here's your data here's the problem now do this is this a general tool issue or is this more of an understanding issue or what is the gap that is still missing that so we can easily go from here's the problem here's the solution okay um and you cut me off if i get too to pitchy but i will not say a specific name so no of course not. okay so even if you just do a Google search on my name, you see that I've been friendly with a lot of different IT vendors on a larger scale, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I was very successful implementing uh, workflow automation, robotics, process automation, process mining. But this is a story you can find on Google and the nice YouTube videos in the keynotes. Mm -hmm. What you don't see so much, but I'm very open to talk about it, is what about the missed opportunities? The missed opportunities were closed as good as possible by the people working. And the thing is, the reason why I'm at SAP Signavio is absolutely no spin on marketing or because they uh, uh, provided maybe some golden package. No, because it is exactly what I have been struggling with in the career. Mm. If I ask you, you please make the most beautiful garden. You don't even know whether I want to have fruit or have only flowers or vegetables as well or all of it. Mm -hmm. So you don't go there with a, just a shovel. You need to have different tools. But it doesn't mean that I tell you which tools you must use at what time. Mm -hmm. You want to have a shed and what you need at what circumstance you want to utilize. And don't create your own shovel and invent it by yourself. So therefore, in SAP Signavio, we have this holistic uh, view. And therefore, we do modeling. We don't shame modeling just because it's old. Yeah. We do process mining. But do you know what process mining and modeling, if you put them together, bring different topics of non-conformance and understanding what can be a digital twin? And that is basically what we believe here in SAP Signavio is to do the holistic, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean we, that we shove it into the throat that you have to use all to realize value. You can use any different journey because we understand that every customer's journey is indeed unique. Are there mm -hmm. patterns? Yes. But the journey is still unique. Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest, uh, you are not the first one who is framing process mining in this, um, I would say, relation, as we also had an episode which we literally called that uh, process mining is a hipster child of um, of uh, business process management, which was also eyes-opening because, you know, hearing these experts who've been in the field for quite a while and now seeing this emerging technology that everybody just jumps on, completely forgetting what it's actually supposed to support, which ultimately is uh, better processes, right? Mm. And including all these tools uh, together and just uh, hand, going hand in hand is also more and more, in my opinion, a way to go to have this, as you mentioned, the holistic view of the whole process. Um, so is this one of your footprints that you're now also um, incorporating into where uh, this uh, SAP Signavio is going? Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, if you ask me, are uh, all the features and functions there necessary to really embody our vision yet? No, obviously not, right? 
uh, but we really have a clear strategy and vision where we want to be. Uh, we also do believe that uh, faster insights and also faster time to adopt is really mm-hmm. the, the name of the game uh, because this is what our customers want. It's not what we want. <laughs> it's really what mm-hmm. our customers want. And um, I think also the, the certain uh, empathy and, and compassion inside that quotes and quotes um, let's say cold technology is actually very important. In other words, uh, the suite which we provide is a very integral part. It's not just some side note or some afterthought. No, when we talk about our collaboration hub, the social aspect of driving the transformation, it's that serious. Mm-hmm. So that's also one part which we really push to say sharing is caring, but it also gives you a real big benefits. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. important. Actually, uh, people were in front or I would say upfront in uh, many of your previous, I would say, pitches with different vendors where you really brought attention to the people who were really driving uh, these initiatives, uh, be it Siemens or, you know, especially actually in Siemens, where I remember you had a team who really, really uh, made the whole initiative grow. And my question would be, How important these people who are eventually driving these new technologies, be it SAP Signavi or any other uh, process mining or RPA vendor are, how vital they are uh, in these initiatives to actually make this success for the companies and you know having this mindset of change and being able to also share it with other people? I mean, absolutely uh, vital. I mean, that uh, that that didn't require much <laughs> expertise <laughs> from my side, I guess, uh, to say that. No, uh, but let's go a little bit deeper uh, mm-hmm. onto that question, which is a very, very valid uh, and relevant uh, question. I think what we need to understand is, uh, and I always quote the from paraphrase from the Pixar Disney movie Ratatouille, where the rat becomes a cook, <laughs> right? What I always want to say is, like, not everyone can be a digital hero, transformation agent. Mm-hmm. But the transformation agent can come from anywhere. When I was a CFO and I had a really hard time how to deal with this very financial topic, I got help from HR. What I'm trying to say is if we actually think, who are you to give me input? You are HR, you're not finance. Then we are limiting ourselves. And that mm-hmm. is actually what's happening with the digital transformation. We need to be open-minded that anywhere that hero can come from. And therefore... Uh, we need to make sure that not there are bystanders and agents, but everyone to some extent becomes a contributor by themselves. I think that is really the important part. Um, you mentioned then that in uh, SAP Signavio, uh, this uh, you know people play a vital role in, in how you approach the customers and that you're trying to enable them and everything. Um, is there maybe some specific strategy or specific way on how you uh, create these heroes, create these uh, technological heroes to, to a magic drive? wand, perhaps? Actually, honestly, it's super easy, but I know that the execution is extremely hard. Um, and uh, this is actually also something I have talked quite a lot about, and I actually have done with uh, the, mm-hmm. the technology research companies a white paper on. And basically, uh, in, in some uh, cultures, they call it the middle out approach. I, I call it the middle ground. And what I want to say is, uh, is it a top down or is it a bottom up? And the answer is clearly it's both, but not the same. So what is the nuance here? So you have to do the top down in terms of a context. It's 
the trust, the resources, the time. If top-down you say, let's do nine and not Alteryx, you lose. Mm -hmm. If they enter into that discussion, you lose. And you do bottom-up the content. And then you will deliver faster with less resources and less time. However, where does the bottom-up and the top-down meet? And that is the middle ground. Because in my project, I had people who actually can walk the talk and also talk the talk <laughs> seamlessly, being authentic on the shop floor, but having no, let's say, fear to speak the truth to the executive management. And yes, it's true. I still know what is RV60, SBAT, ABAP, yeah? because that's what <laughs> I used to do in 20 years ago. And that is important because you cannot talk about the automation of billing, and we need to do that in our O2C. And then in your entire organization, no one knows what RV60 SBAT is. It's impossible. So what I'm trying to say here is that identification of those heroes is simply a superpower, extremely easy to do, but very hard to be doing consistently is listening. You need mm -hmm. to just listen to your organization. By the way, sorry if I, and then uh, I, I, I will be quiet. That's why in your resistance to change, I really would have hoped that the resistance to change is actually your gold mine. That's a diamond. Yes, mm -hmm. there are some party poopers there. I totally agree. <laughs> but the resistance to change is not the same natural resistance to change, which is biologically necessary. That also exists. I think that the resistance to change in organizations, which you see, is to 99% people who do care, but have given up because the culture has become inconsistent with what actually is expected of them. So mm -hmm. they are only resistant to change as a protection of the corporate culture. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they are actually the ones who are your best bet for transformation heroes. Go to nice. the person who complains the most and make him the hero because you say, now I listen, now you get the money, and I'm sorry it took so long. Very nice. Yeah, Very nice. I, I, I have, I've seen the sentiment um, with a lot of clients um, where some people, whether it be from um, the sales or purchasing or whatever, just you know loves the tool and loves the analysis that we've that we're building, and just takes up the helm and says that okay, I'm going to focus like twenty percent of my time now on what I used to do and just do eighty percent now just this data science and blah blah blah. And the best of managers will just say, okay, here you go. Go, go do, right? You've been with us for 20 years. You can, you know everything, just go do and go build some stuff, right? And it's that, um, that freedom that really makes those diamonds, as you said, um, shine, uh, I think. What I was going to ask, uh, because you mentioned it briefly, is this, um, this social hub thing in Signavio, I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how that looks and what does it enable users to do? I think that's it. Yeah. So basically, it's, uh, it's actually quite uh, uh, simple. And again, you know, it's a hard thing to do. It's really think of it as like your, your place where you can consume and share the process knowledge. Yeah? It's right, your single source of process truth. Yeah? So there's the dictionaries. You know, when you'd say, for example, approval, <laughs> there's a hundred thousand things you can approve, right? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to approve this document? Does it mean I approve the financial aspects of it or do I approve the vendor due diligence has been done or whatever, right? And all of these things are hundreds and thousand times recreated. And suddenly we talk the same language, but we mean different things, right? 
So the collaboration hub is really the space where the people can meet, share the content in order to not reinvent the wheel, but also to accelerate, to not start from scratch, to get started and have this exchange. And I was, quote unquote, kind of rebuilding that collaboration hub back in 2016 by actually utilizing something like a, let's call it a Facebook slash Twitter slash SharePoint, somehow kind of put together. And uh, just to have a concrete example, so you know what I'm talking about is, we had the policy of zero manuals. We just said it's a wiki and an FAQ will turn into a manual by the people. So suddenly I had 2,000 people, I don't know who they were, and they were actually creating the manual of my tool. And mm -hmm. I just had to do some certain moderation to go in there to check, but it just went there. So the adopting the, 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 the acceptance of a tool and also the build-up of the enablement was really, really so fast I cannot even imagine, yeah, but it happened, right? So, so I think this is what, what true collaboration is about. And collaboration is not really this thing where we all have to feel good and hopefully at the worst case we do a compromise. No, collaboration actually means to be caring about people even that you disagree, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is really the hard part to do. But if you do it together and it is transparent, then there's a chance, yeah. So it's kind of scratching at the surface of knowledge management in a process um, focus, if I'm understanding it correctly, right? See, the thing is that, um, and again, I don't want to go too much into semantics because uh, I actually did uh, write a bachelor about knowledge management when I was uh, studying <laughs> in the last millennium. <laughs> and and I think uh, uh, in Latin you would say nomen est omen, right? So mm. I think... Uh, I, I do understand where you are coming from and also the knowledge management is really important. Um, what I think is that it is also about, because you know that there is no such thing as like to say just process, right? When we talk about business process management, you know, I understand we talk about models and things like that, but it is basically um, a lot of the mindset of uh, do I share and do I actually accelerate and de-risk the chances of my errors, right? Uh, and uh, But processes, whether they're good or bad, they also need to change, right? Mm. So I think this is also not only about the good model, the good execution, because that's always static. What we need to also look at is the meta level on how do I change actually also my change management, yeah? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, speaking very concretely, uh, since you are now... Um, co-creating where SAP Synavio is going, where do you actually want to push it looking uh, forward to one, three, five years maybe? I think, um, and actually it's, uh, it's actually a little bit sad because now it's over five years already, so I, I don't know whether I was too impatient or maybe I was a bit too <laughs> optimistic on that. I do believe that actually uh, in terms of technology, we don't need the next new big thing. But what mm -hmm. we now need is a convergence of different things put together, right? So when we took, uh, take a look of, let's say, process mining, entering a graph database approach, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when I need to actually use a graph database to fuel uh, my deep learning, machine learning, in order to have better models generated to create bots, right? So I think it's really the convergence of different things put together. And it's also... That, uh, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of fear when you do about automation and you lose jobs. But actually, if you look into the shop floor, the uh, 
the the cobots, right? The collaborative robots mm-hmm. is actually the way to go, right? And I think this is also, right? You know, we talk also Siri and Alexa. Why don't we just say, hey, bot, please automate the purchase orders? And I do not believe that saying, no, if you have a really good execution management system, you don't even need to tell the bot to do that because we do it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but things change, you know? And uh, uh, I think we have seen uh, during the pandemic that an extremely efficient supply chain is extremely brittle. And then a lot of, let's say, quotes unquote, less matured economies with more manual processes were much more resilient because mm-hmm. nothing went against the wall and they did it manually. Right. So they were actually more resilient. Yeah. Right. Uh, just hearing uh, this, this uh, hey, bot, automate something is already bringing so many uh, wrinkles on my forehead because I know how much work has to go behind these things. Um, however, what I also wanted to ask, there is a, a big uh, discussion also in uh, process mining communities about this modularity of, of process mining. That you could basically uh, re- you know, make the tools itself kind of replaceable and uh, just play with the technology itself. And it can even go a step further uh, where I heard that uh, certain companies, a bit actually you know, SAP, but also Microsoft, who are trying to kind of... Um, like uh, put the process mining technology already as a service into their product. So, you know, you would just buy SAP, uh, no matter what kind of a system would it be, but there would already be integrated into that. Is this also something where you think that the future of the field is kind of going into? Well, if I could really uh, foresee the future, then I probably wouldn't be working anymore. Um, <laughs> if you ask me if it's a likely future in some aspect, I would definitely say yes. Uh, that uh, that is, it could be there because uh, basically what you are talking about is a certain, let's say, commoditization, right, of mm-hmm. a technology. Um, I used to pay a lot of money for Excel, right? Now Excel is even online and it's actually even having a lot of options now, right? So these things uh, do change as we have seen also in the past. and. Why shouldn't they in the future probably even accelerate it? Yeah, so mm-hmm. so that is uh, that this is uh, clear. It's the same thing, you know. Like if you come from a Unix world, you have to have a piping for copy paste, right? If you are in a Windows environment, copy paste is for free. Yeah? It's in every in every application. So mm-hmm. certain things are there probably. Yeah. So to what extent I don't know, but I think we the discussion anyway would be probably more about the outcomes. And that will then relate into technology. So let's talk about multi-event lock. Let's talk about traversal process flows. Let's talk about dynamic case key definitions. Oh. If the outcomes <laughs> are better doing that, then fine. But let me tell you, it's just a very short story. You know, like my father was also a software engineer all his life. Mm-hmm. And there was really a colleague really fresh out of school and he was the best of the best. Yeah, We are talking like 20 years ago. Yeah, So Java was new and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only problem is no one understood his code. He could refactor <laughs> 20 pages down to three lines. I'm not kidding you. But then nobody understood it. Mm. And then he would actually tell the people, are you stupid? Well, that's a problem. <laughs> I guess there's some technical prowess, but there also needs to be some social skills as well. And I don't know anything where you can really be one man's island forever. For some part, because you are so at the edge, I believe that. But I think it's much more important to bring the masses forward. And therefore, I think really the, the focus should be on how can we deliver value fast and how can we make the starting point 
with less barriers to entry here. Yeah, exactly. And this is something, I mean, that I think the complexity part kind of plays into. Yes, we can do multi-event log, we can do dynamic case keys and all that. And by the way, you listing all those made my hair stand up because just imagining all that in one data model is <laughs> something to cry over. So, um, I mean, that's that's the complexity, right? That, um, and even people just looking at one data model with one case key, with one event log already struggling already um, to really get a grasp of what they're looking at. So just adding in a whole bunch of complexity, I think obfuscates the the value that you're trying to get to, I think, um, a lot more than it is really helping you. Um, so um, in terms of that, um, you have um, mentioned that the process mining tool is more of a commodity nowadays. Um, can you a little bit elaborate what you meant by that? Yeah, actually, I have to be a little bit uh, very specific. I definitely think that the tool of process mining is still going to grow quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, personally... I think uh, the market uh, we're still scratching, uh, but it will also be accelerated. What I mentioned with the commodity is the technology, not the tool. So when you talk about the technology, as we know it at the moment, uh, Pro-M uh, from Ville was there around, I don't know, 25 years. And I don't have ever a chance to actually use the open source. It's actually pretty cool. Huh? So mm. I downloaded mm -hmm. it the other day and it's actually pretty powerful. It's not beautiful because it looks yeah. differently <laughs> from a different time, but it's actually quite performant. And I think we need to also understand the technology part and the commercialization and the value generation onto a corporate sense. So therefore, the commoditization, I mean, is in terms of the technology that don't expect any miracles, like uh, it will um, create the data model on the fly for you because you're too stupid, but it, it actually understood what you wanted to do. Yeah? No, let's not go that path. Yeah. On the other hand, in terms of application, I could actually really imagine that uh, the tool would be, let's say, allowing you, like when you come from, uh, let's call it, quotes unquote, BI environment, to actually have BI and process mining use cases based on uh, the semantically same data, but the kind of joining in a different kind of context. And therefore, you can actually utilize the ecosystem BI and uh, process mining at the same time with certain limitations which go less. And then probably my kids will not think of BI or process mining. They will just think of data visualization mm -hmm. out of a context, something like that. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things uh, that you also mentioned is that uh, you, your uh, opinions sometimes are a little, uh, you know, um, splitting people. Uh, one of the things, <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that, actually. One of the things you mentioned is that, uh, and we already uh, touched upon this topic a little bit, was that this... Uh, uh, hyper automation is generally a wrong approach when it comes to process mining, and uh, I would love you to get a little more specific and uh, yeah. deep into this into this topic, as I do see it very often myself. Um, and we talked about it with Patrick in some of our previous episodes as well, where we simply receive this uh, this this request, like let's automate this this part of the process without having better understanding what it actually means, and we are always. While technically doable, we are always trying to kind of, uh, you know, put our uh, uh, put our feet on the brake and say, let's let's take a step back and let's actually understand why are we automating this? Because if you mm. have a roof and it's raining inside, well, you wouldn't probably buy a, a pump to uh, suck out of the water of your house. You would rather probably fix your fix your roof in the first place, right? So, what is generally your um, take on? Um, incorporating uh, automation into into process mining. Hmm. 
So uh, just to, to fill the, the pot of jar with uh, one euro I have to put in, right? Like if you automate a bad process, it's still an automated bad process. But actually, I want to go one step further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Peter Drucker also said there's nothing so useless as doing efficiently, which should not be done at all. <laughs> right? Yes. So that's yeah. even a little bit further. Um, I think uh, also, sorry, uh, Peter Drucker also said strategy is not uh, what you need to do, but it's also what you don't do, right? So I think I think the topic of automation and starting with a why is, is very, very, very important. But if you want to be concrete, and let's actually talk technical, because even on the technical standpoint, uh, many people get it wrong. I believe that actually in terms of the algorithm, the function to automate something usually exists already. But what does not exist is actually the master data and transactional data to make it work in the way you want it to happen. So therefore, I don't actually believe in this, let's say, so-called single source of truth. What I want is truth everywhere at the same time. If it's wrong, it's wrong everywhere because it's better to be wrong everywhere at the same time than being sometimes right and sometimes wrong. (laughs) Therefore, I don't have the mother load and I do synchronicity all around the world. And to make it very concrete so you understand what I mean is think about the movie in Netflix, is it a different ending than my movie because I watched it in Singapore? No. So same content being delivered on different devices at any time, consumed in different ways. So what I'm trying to say, therefore, is if in Sweden there is the next iPhone coming out and they have specifications, I am pretty sure that order processing can do it. But if the master data is different in one country than the others at the right time, at the right place, then the automation, quotes and quotes, will not fail, but the outcomes are not the desired ones. So therefore, automation actually does not start with the algorithms necessary to do so, but actually with the data at the right place in the right context. Yeah, I always say content is king, context is King Kong. And therefore, <laughs> we need to understand that when we talk about master data, it's not about me saying the iPhone says the master data is three kilograms and we know it's wrong. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. The harder part is the provisioning. I need that data field at the right time to be available because if I go to the hotel and I go to the breakfast and I see, oh, scrambled eggs. I open the thing, no scrambled eggs. I'm not going to wait for scrambled eggs. That ship has sailed. I go somewhere else. And even from the kitchen, somebody comes. That's a provisioning part. And the second one is really the topic of ambiguity. I said, oh, nice, vegetables. I open it up, I see tomato. Hmm. Tomato is a vegetable, but actually I didn't see a tomato. I saw tomato soup. And then I go at the other one, it says vegetable soup, and I see others, right? So the ambiguity of one thing being able to be many different things is not so hard to solve, but the algorithmic necessity to automate has nothing changed, I think, in how many years now? Probably 80, 90 years when we've started the first algorithm. With three statements, you can solve any solvable logical problem, right? It's a loop, it's assignment, it's a decision, right? Condition. Yeah? It's, it's automatable. That's not the problem. The context, that was the problem. Now, as a um, you know head of transformation um, at, at Signavio, um, do you find that a lot of customers or a lot of clients there are very focused on automating things? You know, they go onto this digital journey of okay, we have now insight, we have li- uh, data literacy, we have um, 
uh, transparency of our processes and all these things now. Mm. That's great. Now let's go fix our problems. And the quick wins, we can just automate things, right? That's usually kind of a, an, a knee-jerk reaction to seeing things that are manual processes. Okay, let's go automate this. Let's go automate that. Um, do you find that uh, it's more beneficial to kind of take steps back and involve change management to solve these problems in the first place? Like, how do you, as that um, that digital Sherpa in a way for that mm. client, to guide them through on how to best approach these tr- um, automation um, things, and specifically when they're trying to solve these these quick wins in the best way? Honestly, I, I would love and wish to see that that you know step back in order to actually be faster, right? Sometimes there are no certain shortcuts like that. But I'm also very realistic and pragmatic. So uh, if you really want to change, unfortunately, there's only three ways. It has to hurt really a lot, right? (laughs) So if you do the wrong thing to hurt quicker, but still manageable, maybe that's better. You cannot Mm -hmm. even imagine in, in how many situations I told them, hey, if we do that, it's exactly like driving the car with 100 miles an hour against a wall. I tell you, after that, you can trash a car. And then it says, okay, T, then take the car and drive it 30 miles an hour against the wall. <laughs> Why? I drive the car with 30 miles an hour against the wall. I break some lights and some bumpers. And then the management told me, luckily, we did not go with 100 miles an hour against the wall. We only <laughs> broke some bumpers. Now we saved money. Whoa. And that is basically the problem of automation. Let's automate. Let's not have the manual work. What do you do then with the people? Mm-hmm. Do you have process costs? Do you then engage and involve them in other topics? What do you do with that free time, so to speak? So therefore, again, why do you want to automate? If you want to automate to do then the other things necessary in order to realize your value, that's another discussion to have. And it is really that so many people perceive change management as a very cumbersome thing. And yes, it is not easy. However, I also know with the right mindset, with the right tool set, with the right ecosystem, it's not as hard as you think. And that is the same thing. I mean, you look on the internet, I used to uh, weigh many more kilos than I do today, right? <laughs> I could not lose all of that in one day. I needed to first start changing my nutrition, my eating behavior. Then I also did more exercise. And then I also did more reading. I did better sleeping, right? And I think this is something what, what I wanted to say is like, it is really a multifaceted discussion here. Uh, the last question before we let you go of the beautiful conversation we just had. Um, what still excites you about this whole uh, process mining topic uh, being there in the in the you know both from the customer side but also from the uh, creator side now for what could be almost like ten years, and specifically process mining. Honestly, I don't know whether it's actually so much related to process mining itself. And you have to imagine, you know, like I was really starting yeah. process mining very early and quotes and quotes, I wouldn't say I lost interest, but let's say I sharpened my, uh, my, my focus. So I do understand that process mining is absolutely necessary in most, I mean, I honestly have not seen any business environment use cases where they could not have any value for process mining. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, I have not seen so many business cases where process mining was a solution, neither, right? <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to say is, is like, you ask me red wine or white wine, I can say red wine today, for example, but it doesn't mean I hate white wine, right? So therefore, it is really important to understand I can enjoy both. You ask me what I want to focus on at the moment. 
And if it has to be a technology topic, I have to respectfully decline. On the other hand, if we have actually a discussion about tea, you talk about people, centrism and blah, 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 and you talk about customer experience. How would you then achieve what you want to achieve? And then I would say with a garden shed of tools, meaning I need to have all weapons at hand to have the choice to make the decision autonomously and not given by the vendor. And this is really what I want to say. If I told you guys now that drinking water is extremely important, it's good for your health, it's good for your skin, it's good for your metabolism, I don't think there would be any discussion, right? But don't you no. think it would be a little bit strange if I told you I just quit SAP Signal and now work for a water bottling company? Then suddenly that statement earlier, one minute ago, is a little bit touchy-feely, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is, if I want to make my sales guys happy so that they can have a good quarter, they only need two things, right? Number one, hopefully a good product. And number two, a customer talking good about it. <laughs> right? So, so that's why what I'm trying to say is that when we can achieve the customer compassion for the things what we want to do, that's the best thing. Of course, I still need to evangelize that. You know, it doesn't happen and, and fall from the sky. Mm -hmm. But that's basically that's, that's what we do. I can go in and do some thought leadership. But at the same time, it's much more interesting to have a customer say what they achieved in their own journey. Yeah, I think this is uh, what, what we need. And also, I noticed that actually, I would say really actually all customers, all customers um, have kind of a different, sorry, not different, a differentiated approach on how they want to tackle the journey. And yes, many of them, actually most of them, uh, of course, also go via process mining. But do they come from modeling to mining? Do they come from mining to automation? It doesn't matter as long as they have the ability and opportunity to do so. Yeah. And that's why, by the way, you also see all the IT vendors are going on the shopping spree, right? Yeah, so mm -hmm. let's see what will be out there uh, in the market in that respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm personally very excited. I also love that we went from uh, <laughs> our talks from tea to wine and then back to water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, the thank you very, very much for joining us in our show. Uh, I think I speak for both myself and Patrick that it's been a brilliant conversation and uh, very um, eye-opening in many ways on how you approach things and how you look at things. So thank you for coming and joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. For you, dear listeners, uh, thank you for... Oh, actually, last question. Uh, I almost forgot to ask. Um, where can people actually go and find out more about you? Um, probably just uh, uh, when they listen to your post, uh, maybe you just uh, include a hashtag or a link. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the best way to uh, do is actually, uh, which I also believe is the, the best part, is that don't go to tea with tea. That would be happy, but that's not important. <laughs> I think more important is go to the SAP Signavi community, which is mm -hmm. open to everyone, yeah, including our competitors, yeah, if they want mm -hmm. to go there. The community, and that is really the important part, is really diverse and inclusive. Yeah, so it's really not about catering only for partners or customers. It's really an open community in the broadest sense. And uh, I think this is uh, really important. And from there, you will find me. So you can type in tea with tea. So the tea, the drink first, <laughs> and then my name. <laughs> uh, but from there, I, I will be around in this uh, domain uh, for some more years. And uh, I'm also very sure to uh, follow your journey, of course, as well. 
Thank you. Sounds exciting. Thank you very much. Means a lot to us. And so you heard it. Uh, we will definitely attach a link to our uh, show notes. For everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed our next episode on Mining Our Business podcast. As you can see, it's getting really, really interesting. The deeper we are getting into this whole transformational journey, uh, and for me specifically, it's a uh, very, very much fun to really uh, deep or uh, you know deep diver and so on deeper. Uh, really, really cool. So thank you for listening. Um, you know, if you have any question, you can reach us on LinkedIn. Uh, we also uh, have an email, so you can send us an email on mindingyourbusinesspodcast@gmail.com. If you like our show, rate us on um, you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or tell about us to your colleagues, to your friends, uh, and uh, let us you know grow and uh, enjoy this journey together. So thank you very much for listening, and uh, talk to you in the next episode of Mining Our Business Podcast. Bye bye. <laughs>